I, uh, I just got a text from my, my nephew who is 11. Is that right? 11 or 12. His birthday was on Friday. And so I sent him a text. And we don't text like normal people text because he's 12 years old. We text in pictures and just the stupidest looking pictures. And he's into, uh, what's that clown's name? The clown that's in It. Yeah, Pennywise. So I've got about 700 pictures of Pennywise on my phone right now, all doing different things. And so that's how we communicate. So I said, happy birthday, and he sent me a picture of Pennywise, you know, and that's kind of how it works. But I, I mention that because I'm just really thankful for that, that relationship, and I was sort of reflecting on the, the topic, which is the, the title's called Payback, but really it's about making amends in preparation for making amends. And this law makes sense, I promise. But I was thinking about it. And I'm just thankful to have that relationship with him. I'm going to drive up after the service and hang out with him, my sister, her husband, and just you know celebrate his birthday. And I sort of thought about it because about, gosh, maybe like two years ago or something like that, we wouldn't have had that relationship. You know, like I saw them on holidays sometimes. You know what I mean? And, and it all goes down to because, you know, we've had some, some situations that some of it was my fault, some of it was her fault, and all that stuff. And... And growing up, we were pretty close in age. We were like two years apart. And if anyone's two years apart or had a sibling that was two years apart, there's two things that can happen. You can get super close because your interests don't overlap whatsoever. Or you can compete pretty much all the time for who's the best at this, who's the best at that, and all that stuff. And we were competing. And you wouldn't think we would, but we did. Literally everything. Even if we weren't into it, we were into it because the other person was into it and who's going to be the best, and, and all that stuff. And she's younger, so I had a bit of an edge. And so I feel like because of that attitude, there was some, uh, you know, sort of this, like, unspoken issue between us that then, like, blossomed into what is, you know, was really, really, really rough, you know, some animosity. Um, but the whole time, my mom would basically be like, you know, like any mom would do, sit, stop us down and be like, you guys, you know, you're really going to just have each other, and, you know, you don't understand the relationship that you you know, you could have with a brother or sister if, you know what I mean, if you don't actually get along is what she'd say, but what she meant was really love each other and support one another. And it took us, gosh, 20 years to figure this lesson out, which was super, super long. But I'm thankful that we, we had. And, you know, because we had done that, I'm, I'm able to have this relationship with him and, you know, who he's been to St. James a couple times. And then my niece, who was um, baptized here, gosh, like, October. So, you know, that would never, like, like, I think people see that and like, oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, it's a family thing. It totally makes sense. That did not make sense in our family. Like, not at all, but it does. You know what I mean? And it's something to be thankful for. Um, but, I, but I say that because we had to go through this process of sort of being honest with each other and being open with each other, but at the same time being accepting of the other person and clearly what they did wrong. You know what I mean? And the fact that, you know, someone said something or someone just ran away or someone, you know, all this stuff. And we had to hash some of this stuff out, not to argue or say who did this or whatever, but just to kind of get past it, you know what I mean? And to have this, this like, relationship form that is healthy and, and then can really express love and show love to, to each other and to, you know, my nephew and, and whomever else we impact. And, and I feel like it's something that can be taken for granted, but it's actually so important. Anyway. I say this because I was reading the chapter in the book, which I'm super behind in the book, but I figured I'd at least read the chapter I was speaking on, you know, 
but and it was and it just it just resonated so well with that because we really had to go through a period of making amends and the big thing that Richard Rohr says is this amends period is a, is is this this partnership you know what i mean it's it's not this one person just saying something and then the other person saying i forgive you i release you you're you're free it's this it's this other thing and that's why when i say the word forgiveness and you know i forgave her she forgave me i think it's kind of kind of light when really the word is is this this word called reconciliation um, where you don't just i don't just forgive megan for something i say i forgive you but we're we're gonna get back into a relationship it's not like i forgive you move on i'll never talk to you again i'm free you're free but no we need to develop fix something and so in this two-way street that we were a part of it was this uncomfortable sort of thing of like Remember that? Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, I super was selfish. Sorry about yeah, no, it's okay, it's okay. Well, I just want to say da, da, da. all right, let's go have lunch. You know what I mean? And let's 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 create that relationship. And so that's sort of like the, the foundation I just want to begin this with because when we think about amends, and I think this because I didn't I've never gone through the process, I've only kind of vicariously known other people have gone through it. I picture I did this to this person, I did that to that person, I did that to that person. Linda, just so you know, I'm really sorry for offending you in this way back in 1984. I wasn't born in 1984, but, you know, I'm sorry that I did that to you. And then Linda says, that's okay, move on. And I check the box for making amends, and I go along my merry way. And that's just not the way it works. And that's the way it can work in some cases, but as the book says, and as I kind of believe, and as really the Bible says, that's not the healthiest way that it could work. And you're not actually free from anything, and, and you just sort of have this fake limbo of, I kind of am free for a second, but yet I'm still kind of chained with this thing because we haven't actually come to this period of reconciliation. But uh, we're gonna, I'm going to show a video, and uh, this is, so just a preface to the video. It's kind of like a feel-good video, but you may not feel good about it because I've noticed that in reading the comments on YouTube, People respond in some crazy ways all over the map, and this is why I'm sharing it. The whole point is everyone's going to probably have a slight different reaction on different camps, and I'll tell you what those camps are after we watch the video, but uh, I've used this in too many sermons. And, but it, no one seems to have seen it, so it, it's always fresh, and, uh, but we're going to play it, and uh, let's, uh, let's watch it. We end this week with a lesson in forgiveness from Steve Hartman on the road. It all went down on this block in Benton Harbor, Michigan. Back in 05, Jamel McGee says he was minding his own business when a police officer accused him of and arrested him for dealing drugs. You saying the officer made it up? Yeah, it was all made up. Of course, a lot of accused men make that claim, but not many arresting officers agree. So you phonied the report? I did, I falsified the report. This is former Benton Harbor police officer Andrew Collins. Were you just trying to chalk up an arrest? Well, basically, the start of that day, I was going to make sure I had another drug arrest. And in the end, you put an innocent guy in jail? Correct. Yeah. You lost everything. I lost everything. My only goal was to seek him when I got home and to hurt him. Really? That was my goal. Eventually, that crooked cop was caught, served a year and a half for falsifying many police reports, planting drugs and stealing. Of course, Jamal was exonerated, 
but he still spent four years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. Today, both men are back here in Benton Harbor, which is a small town, maybe a little too small. Hey guys, thank you. Last year, by sheer coincidence, they both ended up at Mosaic, a faith-based employment agency where they now work side by side in the same cafe. Oh, excuse me. And it was in these cramped quarters that the bad cop and the wrongfully accused had no choice but to have it out. And I said, honestly, I have no explanation. All I can do is say I'm sorry. And Jamel says that was all it took. That was pretty much what I needed to hear. Today, they're not only cordial. Saturday, we went to the trampoline park. They're friends. Uh, you know, we talk about life. Such close friends. Not long ago, Jamel actually told Andrew he loved him. And I just started weeping because he doesn't owe me that. Uh, he, I don't deserve that, you know? Did you forgive for his sake or for yours? No, for our sake. Not just us, for our sake. Jamel went on to tell me about his Christian faith and his hope for a kinder <laughs> mankind. He wants to be an example. So now he and Andrew give speeches together about the importance of forgiveness and redemption. I'll grab this one, set it over there. And clearly, if these two guys from the coffee shop can set aside their bitter grounds, what's our excuse? Steve Hartman, on the road, in Benton Harbor, Michigan. And that's the CBS Evening News for tonight. Has anyone actually seen that video before? No, right? It's crazy. Where does that come from? I think I saw it on Facebook like two years ago, and then I'm glad I remembered it, you know? So as you can see, I, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like there's a couple different responses people can have um, to the video, and not to put anyone on the spot, but who, was, who thought it was kind of encouraging? and heartwarming. Good. Who was a little annoyed about some aspect of the video? Was it the aspect that the one guy got four years and the other guy got a year and a half? Yeah, right? That was the, that was the number one issue on YouTube that people were commenting on, was that how, you know, how could the one guy get less time? In a sense, he didn't, you know, he should basically saying he should get the same amount of time as the other guy, if not more, obviously, because there were other people he put in jail and everything like that. <laughs> All of them added up, you know? That, and that, I mean, that's the, and, and yet somehow this guy who was in jail for four years, which, that's a long time, probably, you know, obviously he has a hard time probably getting work even though he was exonerated, because he's got to account for that time he lost whatever he had. Ends up in the same room with this guy. Doesn't kill him somehow, you know what I mean? Doesn't beat him up, but the, somehow they create this friendship that wasn't just, hey man, I'm sorry, you know what I mean? And then he says, well, I forgive you just for my sake because I need to be free of this. He, he basically says, I forgive you. Let's have a relationship, you know what I mean? Let's be friends. Let's, and the funny thing is, like, they don't just work together. I love that basically they said something like, and they hang out, and they talk about life. So they talk about deep conversations, and they've got a lot of stuff online of, like, them interacting. So like at first I was like, this might be a spoof news story. And I bet you yeah, after they did the news story, there was nothing, but there's actually quite a bit. And it's like this crazy example of this. You know, they say forgiveness, but I think it's more reconciliation. It wasn't just, I forgive you, but I forgive you. And, and let's, let's rebuild something here or build something that wasn't even there to begin with. 
which is even more crazy. It wasn't like a friend or a family member that they hurt, but just some other person. And uh, the way I sort of described that after sort of meditating on it is this super uncomfortable yet piercing expression of the gospel. And, you know, we're beginning Lent, and Lent is this period before Easter where, you know, we, we talk about Jesus' life and leading up to Holy Week, and what a, what a Jesus-y guy. Like, man. You know, he says, you know, I, you know, my Christian faith and all that stuff, but even if he wasn't a Christian, I'd be like, that guy looks a lot like Jesus. Holy mackerel. Like, you can, you can beat him up. You can sin. You can do all this stuff. You can, and he'll just be there loving you, you know. I forgive you. Let's have a relationship. And, you know, it made me kind of, you know, obviously think of Jesus, but these situations where there are so many people that, like us, who, who come to Jesus and, and really don't deserve anything. You know what I mean? It's this idea of grace, and, and then there's this forgiveness and this love. And case in point, I think James mentioned this story before, but, you know, this guy hanging on the cross next to Jesus seeks him, seeks forgiveness, and, in, you know, and, and Jesus says, and maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I like to read into things too much. Jesus says, you know, to get, today you're going to be with me in paradise. And I just see this relationship. Even though Jesus didn't know this guy whatsoever, I'm assuming he had a pretty rough life of crime. This guy is hanging on the cross next to him, and he, he acknowledges who Jesus is, is and asks for, you know, this forgiveness, which in turn, in, as far as grace is concerned, is a relationship and a rebuilding of of you know, the, the relationship that was really meant to be, that was broken down by sin. And sort of the harsh truths. And again, like, I love YouTube comments, and maybe I'm a YouTube comment junkie, but I, I read them, and I see anger, I see love, I see theological debates going on in YouTube comments, which is kind of nuts. And as I'm reading it, I'm thinking, like, this is sort of, that was sort of a caricature in a sense, because you've got these big extremes but grappling with that, that idea of, of undeserved forgiveness or undeserved grace is, is the first step in, in making amends. Um, and, and, you know, if it's not about addiction or, or um, you know, drugs or alcohol or anything like that and the destruction that that caused, you know, we've used examples of, you know, if it's, if it's the fact that I just, you know, always think I'm right and I'm prideful or I, you know, deal with this and, and it causes this sort of sin, uh, you know, hurt that affects everybody else. And I think the first step in, in, in this amends is realizing, like, I didn't deserve the grace that, 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 that God gave me, but he gave it to me anyway. He loved me anyway. If I, I'll use my wife's example, if I do something wrong and I feel like I really need to apologize to her, I don't deserve, you know, the forgiveness or, or the reconciliation, but because she... You know, we, we want to work towards that thing. She, basically, we want to work towards reconciliation. She then, we don't have to equal it out. We don't have to manage. Let me try to explain it better because I think I'm trailing. But uh, society would see that and think, man, and I would see this too because I'm human and I'm in society. We got to equal out the scales on this guy and then they can be friends. You know what I mean? If, uh, if I punch Nate in the face randomly in the middle of worship, which I won't do, the rule, the, he would destroy me, but I'm quick. I'd be out that door. Uh, but there would be this idea like, all right, Nate gets a free shot. You know what I mean? Nate gets to punch me in the face, and 
then we can be friends again because, you know, we, we'd equal it out. And that was this, this old law, which the law was, you know, an eye for an eye, you know, tooth for a tooth. If, if you know, you do something, you get it back, and then it's square. But I think with what, we, what we find, especially in, you know, criminal justice and things like that, there's really no square. You know what I mean? You do your time, depending on, you know, whatever crime it was, is it really s square? And, you know, and, and, and the book and, and, and I and even and the Bible would say, you know, that's where we have this idea of, of, of grace. And there's different types of grace, and we're going to talk about it, but that comes into play because Nate, I know he's an awesome guy. I punch him in the face. We'd probably have to figure out what happened and why, but I have, I have a feeling Nate would forgive me and we'd be friends again. And probably even stronger friends than we were to begin with. Now, and that's from, from my side. You know what I mean? I think if we switch sides, because we also have to think of the other side of it, when people are seeking forgiveness or seeking amends, because, I, I mean, has anyone been offended ever in their life? Yeah? All right. I assume so. And has anyone else apologized to you for offending you ever in your life? I hope so. That would be a shame if they didn't. Um, it's pretty difficult to forgive people. To truly forgive them. It's really easy to say, yeah, I forgive you, and that's the end of that. Um, but it's, it's really difficult to, to, to forgive them and say, I forgive you, and I want to work on our relationship. And I want to develop this, this, this bond that we, we need to fix and develop, or what we once had, and we destroyed it. And so there's, the, there's this, there's this double-sided nature to it. But at the same time, I think it's also worth mentioning that grace doesn't necessarily, and I'm going to say this, but I'll explain it, so don't think I'm going nuts. It doesn't necessarily delete the need for earthly work based on what you've done. Um, to say, oh, well, I, I asked for forgiveness, God forgave me, I'm good, you don't have to, I don't have to make up, you know, I actually don't have to work to, uh, you know, fix whatever bond I broke is just, that's, that's not the case. I think that's a warping of, of what grace is because what Richard Rohr calls amazing grace, which is this grace from God, it's described as this tool to actually, the term is to get a second chance at creating something that was messed up here on earth. And I'm just going to read the quote real quick because I thought it was really good. And what would a sermon about a chapter of a book be without actually reading the book? He says, amazing grace is not a way to avoid honest human relationships, but to redo them. But now gracefully, for the liberation of both sides. Nothing just goes away in the spiritual world. All must be reconciled and accounted for. And then he goes on to explain how everybody, in a sense, is a wounded healer. And people who have experienced grace in different ways or have given grace in certain ways and that develops into their ability to actually minister to people even further in the world. So I don't know, I just want to take a, take a moment to kind of think about that because I think all of us sort of find ourselves in situations where we're either A, wrong and messed up something big time, and we have people in our lives that we really need to seek and make amends or reconciliation for, which you know, is, is the step we're on. 
in order to move on and to really heal and to be effective. Uh, I think in Matthew it says something about not really even being able to come to the altar if you have a, an issue with someone, you know, and you haven't actually given or, or sought forgiveness and reconciled it, um, which I think is pretty true because coming before God and trying to be healthy in that relationship, if there's a gaping wound, it, it can be very detrimental. So some of us might have that. And I think some of us also might have people in our lives that have messed up a freaking ton, hurt us a freaking ton, and, and are, are, are seeking forgiveness. Deserved, undeserved, mostly undeserved. And, you know, we sort of have to deal with that. And I think this chapter, the best sort of way I can describe it is being on that precipice of we've, we've, we've found these issues. We've been honest with ourselves. We've realized we're powerless. We realize that we need help from a higher power to actually deal with these things. And what do we do now? You know, what's, what's the next step? And the next step is actually, and this, the step is really making a plan to do it. The next step after this is actually physically doing it. But I think in making a plan to do it, we really have to understand why. And as, and as uh, Jamil said in the, in the video, it's, you know, it's really for all of us. It's, it's not just for me and him. It's not just for us. It's, it's for the whole community. Because this, this crazy reconciliation and forgiveness is, is a furtherance of this kingdom on earth, on, you know, kingdom of heaven on earth. And so as, you know, I'm just going to pray a little bit and take some time. But I, I, I really urge us to think about who it is, you know, we have actually have a rift or a broken relationship with or you know whether or not it's our fault or their fault and how we can you know make amends to that and that's only going to come through that amazing grace and that interaction um, with God personally I've had a and so I have have a weird situation I make a lot of mistakes by the way lots of them and uh, in my past life I, I I had this big rift I say past life it was like seven years ago something like that I had this big rift with, with, with a friend of mine who was, who was really close to me, and which in turn became a, a community rift. And I was clearly the one at fault. Not even going to debate that. You know what I mean? And, you know, we, we talked about it, and we, we were like, you know, we really want to, we use the term reconciliation, but what we did was forgiveness. We basically, you know, I said a piece, said, hey, you know, I'm sorry, and this and that, and, and I don't think we understood really what we were doing, but well, then we moved on. And that was it. And, you know, when you're the person in the wrong, sometimes you give a lot of leeway to people because you're the one who messed up, you know what I mean? But it was after maybe about a year or so after that situation um, that, that I realized I've learned something about the other side. Because, you know, and this talks about being that, that, that sort of broken healer who then knows how to heal better when they've been healed by something else, that when we're the one who's in the position to forgive and to allow reconciliation to become, we have this awesome opportunity to really get in sync with Jesus and to be more like Jesus in a crazy way like like, like that guy on the video. And I thought, man, what a shame that we couldn't have repaired this community in a way that would have been like, oh my gosh. And then people watch stuff like this and think, how does that guy do that? That goes beyond my logic. That goes beyond my, my means, my understanding of justice. And gosh, I wish I could literally have him standing right here because he'd say a much better message than I would. And that's, that's, that's really 
the type of person that Jesus was during his time on earth, and I think the type of people and type of community we're called to be here. Like, I'm, I would say I might be slightly evangelical in the way that I, like, I say you should preach the gospel, but at the same time, man, if I could preach the gospel like that guy, just living and, and forgiving and loving, like, that's the way I think we're really going to spread Jesus around here. And I'm not trying to do an altar call or anything like that, but I'm saying that I think, like, even in making amends in, in this radical way and actually seeking reconciliation instead of just forgiveness is a means for us to actually bring people closer to God, even if we've never met them. Like, I shared this video a little while ago, and again, mixed reviews, obviously. That's what always happens. But there were some people who weren't even Christians who were like, this doesn't make any sense to me. Explain it to me. I don't understand. They alluded to faith. What does that mean? You know what I mean? And it's just like this, this crazy example. So anyway, I'm just going to pray for a second. And uh, I just, I want to sort of open us up in a, in a way to really hear maybe a relationship or, or, or a person or, or a thing. And I'm not going to get crazy. Don't worry. But I think it's important to take the time because I could say, your assignment is to go home and think about who the pew you should reconcile with, blah, 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 blah. How many people are going to do it? Anyone? All right. So, so we're just going to do it together right now. And, uh, and I think as a church, like, this is what we do. Like, I'd love for us to have conversations about, hey, I'm, I'm actually trying to, you know, reconcile with my brother or my sister, and this is what's going on, and, and like, develop a healthy community with that. I think that's kind of radical, but kind of what we should be doing. So anyway, I'm just going to just going to pray for a moment, and uh, even if you think this is nonsense, I just pray that you just kind of open up a little bit and uh, just be willing to listen. <laughs> Dear Lord, we just pray this morning for your voice, whether in our mind or audibly, Lord. We pray for you to guide us in the direction of making amends or reconciliation. Lord, we just pray right now for your spirit to, in sort of a weird, uncomfortable way, you know, bring someone to mind. Bring something to mind. Maybe it's someone that we've offended or, or had some rift, I don't know, decades ago. We've got Facebook now. We can find them. So, Lord, for each one of us, I just pray that you just bring something on our hearts. And not only that, but fill us with the courage and the tools to do something about it. Even if we've only lived a short life so far, Lord, I am sure there's a situation or a person or a thing that we've done that we're just like, oh, that's kind of just still eating me up. I've even tried to forget about it. Maybe I've even forgot about it, but it's, it's there, and it's hanging on. So, Lord, our prayer is really fullness in relationship with you, but we understand that with the, Pope, with the help of your grace, um, we're able to, as the book says, redo or heal these relationships and these things, Lord. And even open it up to the option, whether we're the, maybe we're the people who were offended, the people who hurt us, and maybe we got to get a little uncomfortable and be like Jesus and say, hey, I'd like to actually start reconciling and, and have a relationship with you.
might blow some people away. Anyway, Lord, we just pray for that word, that message, and just the power to actually do something about it. Because this journey of healing and 12 steps, as any AA or any person would tell you, it is a loop. So Lord, we just pray to to really take advantage of the opportunity of this step for healing. So Lord, in this moment, if you haven't already, please bring someone to mind, something to mind. Help us take the first step in making amends and preparing to do something radical. Sorry if this is kind of weird and uncomfortable, you know, you just kind of go where you go. But uh, I just, I, I find it so encouraging because I've got, so when I was praying about it, I found like 10 more people that I was like, man, we never actually healed what, what, was, what was going on between us. But to see situations like my sister and I'm sure people who you've actually reconciled with who, you know, maybe it's parents. Sometimes, you know, it's parents years later. Um, I just encourage you to, to see that as, a, as not only an example of, of grace, but as an opportunity to really be Christ-like. And I think that's really the whole point of this book, is to be more like Jesus. We're not going to be perfect. We're still going to get annoyed about injustices and inadequacies or, or things like that. But I think as, as, as we heal more and more, it's just going to be such an awesome testimony in, in this world and just about who we are as the church. Because we've got some healing to do as who, this, who, who we are as the church, just in how the world sees us. I don't think anyone here is that character of what the church is, but we're the people who have to fix it, unfortunately. And uh, the only way we're going to do that, I think, is to be more like Jesus. And for me, this is a great step to actually get started on that process. I'm just going to invite Marquis up here. He's going to lead us in prayer. And then we'll uh, just have a time of communion. Mm-hmm.